Hi, hello everyone. My name is Adele Olamde, or Lamy as my friends call me, and welcome to another episode of Midway Work at Midweek. For this episode, I had a topic planned, prepped, everything, but I'm so sorry, I just have to postpone it till next week. I want to talk about something else, something that's been gaining traction online, social media, everywhere for a few weeks now, but then it has subsided a little now. All the same, I still want to give my unsolicited opinion on the subject matter. The subject or the topic in question is slut shaming of transactional sex workers. The whole topic blew in proportions when Files dropped his video and audio of talk. And people were like, it's slut shaming transactional sex workers. Because there was a part in the video where he said one or two things about those who make money through their bodies or with their bodies. And then they said he was slut shaming them, this, that, he had no right to do that, and everything that people can do whatever they feel with their body. And then, most importantly, people defending them were of the opinion that transactional sex is just a service that's been offered. It's just like you go to bab your hair or you go for a haircut, and then after the haircut, you pay the baba and you leave his shop, you go your way, mind his business, or you call a quickly and then he offers the services and you pay him and he goes. So that's the same thing with transactional sex, according to those who are defending it. It's just a service being rendered. Someone is in need of a service, someone is there to meet the requirements. You know, demand meets supply. You pay, you go. And they're also like, it's not being forced on anybody. It's just like a call, beer. It's there. If you are of legal age, you go, you get it if you want. If you are le- if you have legal age and you don't want it, you don't go. So they're trying to, you know, defend it with points like this. And I. I saw a video of Faust defending himself and he said, I detest transactional sex. He went on to give reasons such as objectivity of women and he was like, how can you complain of women being objectified? And then you go ahead to put your body up for sale at a particular price. Now, is that not self-objectification in a way? And different issues like that and then um, i'm trying to look at it from the two sides from both perspectives and one main issue that people have with it is i mean how can you sell your body it seems i'm trying to think of a word to use here i don't know the word to use that will be polite enough kind of it just seems unfamiliar is an unfamiliar idea to people, even though it's been around for a very, very long time. It's one of the oldest, you know, work. It's one of the oldest occupations that has been recorded. It's as old as Old Testament. It's, there are recordings of prostitution in Old Testament, but yet it still feel, feels so unfamiliar to people. And then because of that, it's, it's still something that is strange. 
And one of the main grounds for it being strange is, I think, the moral aspect of it, just selling your body, it's so, so strange. And of course, the religious aspect, yes. But then, this is not a religious podcast per se, so I will not really be dwelling much on the religious grounds. It's a very big ground, but I'm not yet to talk about that. Everybody knows their religious restrictions and their reverence to their God, so... I know mine, I know I reference my God, so that is always there, but that's not what I will be talking about. So that's a disclaimer of sorts of sorts. Back to the topic, based on moral grounds, people feel is it's not right. You can't you can't just sell your body. It just goes against everything that people have tagged as moral. Now to talk about moral aspect from the point of view of those that are defending transactional sex i want to quickly talk about something called moral relativity meta-ethical relativity and different things like that i just want to summarize it and in topics like that they they try to analyze and then there's a conclusion that's based on moral relativity that no culture or no or no no person or moral code of conduct of a particular person is superior to another when you are comparing them in relative to another culture let me give an instance if we have people in certain cultures in nigeria who choose to eat dogs it seems seems very i don't want to use the word barbaric but I'm really thinking of another word to use, but I'm not just finding one. But it seems so, so strange to me. Like, how will you do that? Why will you come down, kill a dog, eat it, and then you feel alright? It doesn't all go well with me. But that's me personally. And then if cultural relativism or cultural relativity or moral relativity is trying to say that, it is because to me, to my own culture and stuff like that, to my upbringing, I'm not used to seeing people kill and eat dogs. So I cannot judge that particular behavior of that culture based on my own. You know, it's not something that you judge in relation to another. So because of that, I cannot really say it's wrong. I mean, personally now, I eat pigs, I eat goats and stuff like that. That's okay, I don't really eat pork. But then I love goat's meat. I really, really love it. So let's say somebody from a culture where they raise goats as pets and different things like that. If And then goats, just an instance, and then goats are something that are endeared to them. They love goats and everything like that. That was their upbringing. For such a person to, if there is somebody like that, for such a person, the idea that somebody will come down and kill and eat goats will be as annoying as me thinking of someone killing and eating a dog so to that person too what's what i'm doing is barbaric kind of because this is something that is seen as a pet according to his whole culture but then to me it's not wrong so also to the person that is eating dog is not wrong so it's just talking about cultural relativity and stuff like that so when we now come to moral relativity they're trying to say morally you cannot really morally judge someone's code of conduct in relation to another person's own you cannot use you cannot judge it 
relatively to each other it's not just it's, it's, it's not it's not the right way to to judge the moral code of a person and that's just the whole idea behind that <clears throat> and then it also goes on to say nobody is right or wrong in situations where you have moral disagreements in quotes because based on this old based on what i just explained now that in relation to one another because it seems wrong to me i cannot specifically impose the the wrongness if there's a word like that i cannot impose it on another person who feels it is right different things like that come up in moral relativity so if we choose to look at it from that from that aspect i'm talking about the perspective of the transactional sex workers if we want to look at it from that aspect from their own perspective using that analogy then morally too you cannot categorically say they are wrong i don't know if my point is is all going well but then you cannot categorically say they are wrong based on moral relativity because it's wrong to me morally doesn't mean it is specifically wrong to or it has to be wrong like absolutely wrong in all instances of of occurrence also those defending the the transactional sex workers made another solid point in terms of the economical advantage of it that is from an economical point of view it makes sense that if you choose to ignore the moral aspect in a way because <laughs> let's be honest with each other nigeria is a very 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 morally bankrupt country we don't have moral grounds to stand on to talk about anything really if we're being honest with each other it's a very 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 morally bankrupt country indeed so if you choose to look at it from an economical point of view if you do a quick google search there you will see that transactional sex industry in in japan is worth 24 billion dollars yeah you heard me right 24 billion dollars they have a they have a sort of body that regulates it i think it's called um law law that regulates transactional sex and or something like that law to regulate adult entertainment businesses exactly that's the name so those that that particular but those guys they keep the transactional sex workers in check to make sure that underage girls are not performing it and then they are not done underage people too are not buying sexual services so they keep them in check and also provide provide government support or protection rather for transactional sex workers so they don't assault them and different things like that so it's just like a body to regulate the entire transactional sex industry and in japan it is worth a whooping 24 billion not million 24 billion us dollars so i think that was a kind of solid point economically it makes sense but you have to just ignore the moral point of view now that that that's one perspective from the other point of view now from the other perspective that's from what false was trying to see we have heard of complaints of objectification of women and all sorts like that and you cannot come and say you have been objectified i've said this before when we say thing, you cannot say you have been objectified and put a price on your body to me 
I don't know how to explain, but if something is is paid for, especially sex, then that thing is an object now. I don't know how, how to reconcile the fact that something is paid for and that thing is not an object. Another thing is I would like to point out dignity of labor. In terms of dignity of labor, I mean, I don't know how dignifying it is. In a world where women, men, everybody are soaring high in different respectable careers, I must add. I mean, there is my very, very, very respected Dr. Ola Brown. Uh, no, 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 no. You guys should follow her on Twitter. The owner of Light Doctors. Just talking about her now, Sha. So, in terms of people like that and different other women that are soaring high in different, different other careers, I don't know how much dignity of labor is in transactional sex work. It seems so... It seems like a void, kind of, in terms of the dignity attached to that particular work. Doesn't... I mean, if, if for example, you are at an outing now, and then they ask you, what do you do for a living? Is he, is, he, is he properly dignified to openly say, oh, I'm a sex worker, I'm a transactional sex worker, or I pay to her, I pay, I'm, I, I get paid for people to have sex with me. Whether a guy or a girl, anybody, I don't know how, how, how well it sounds. Doesn't, doesn't just all go well, at least to a very, very large, to a very large population of society, to, it will never all go well. I don't think it's something that will be that will be ingrained into the fiber of our society. So having raised this point, I, I just feel there will be a lot of grey areas. A lot, a lot and and this is as middle ground as possible as I can get to, you know, just to see it from everybody's perspective. And I won't go ahead to judge whether it's right or wrong even though it must it might sound like i have though as i said i i really don't want to delve into the topic because i have a biased mind already going into it but it's left for each person to pick his own side and see the perspective he chooses to look at, look at it from and then if it is possible get as close to to middle ground as possible on this particular topic so that will be all about transactional sex. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember. During the week, I just got my PVC, and I would like to implore anybody that has not gotten this. If you know the stress I went through to get this PVC, because I registered while I was serving, and I served in Abba, Abia State. So I registered there, so I had to go to INEX office. They are Lagos HQ to add um, Unique Opposite and Barracks to transfer my data lagos and this and that but i had to go through all this process because i believe in governmental institution electing you feel is right and different things like that so please and please and please and please exercise your votes i know in terms of presidential race to me i feel we're in a very very big dilemma i mean I'm so 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 sorry to say, but it's a very big dilemma. The two, the main two candidates. No 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 no. But anyway, just exercise your votes. Get your PVC if you haven't gotten it, and vote right. Vote your conscience. 
thank you again for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it i hope i didn't seem too biased and i yeah and i hope nobody is you know offended or anything and if you are then you can talk in the comment section say your views and what you think about it i've said from the beginning it's just a way of me airing my own opinion of of matters so see what you think about it and let's all dialogue let's all discuss that's the purpose thank you all for listening i'm hoping to have you with me same time next week have a lovely week